If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hi, this is Brooke Powers, Vice President at Smart Life and Team Johnson. Today, I get to read a review by Tina Louise 220. You have given me inspiration and motivation for our business, our marriage, and in raising our children. I enjoy every single episode, but the ones with your parents, I cannot help but smile all the way through. More of them, please! What I've learned in your latest episode with them is literally mind-blowing. I want to take a moment to thank them for doing such a great job in raising you. And Janelle. Sorry, Bill. Don't know you on social. If it wasn't for them staying consistent in their perseverance, you guys wouldn't be who you've become. Thank you, Marge and Bill. Love ya, mean it. Hey there, what's going on? It's Shalene. Thank you so much for joining me today on this edition of the Shalene Show. It is Car Smart Friday. Put your seatbelts on, pay attention and help you get more focused and improve your productivity today on The Shalene Show. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. On Monday, a special treat, you'll hear an episode from my father. Now, one thing I do know about my parents is that I don't have to worry at all about talking about them on this podcast and them being offended because they won't listen to my podcast unless they're featured on it. So we are safe today, which means I am safe to speak openly and candidly about the fact that my folks are staying with me right now, which is why I'm doing this episode. Because I I was trying to figure out like why, (laughs) and even if they do listen, I can't be anything other than honest with them. I hope they wouldn't be hurt by it, but the truth is the truth. And the fact of the matter is they've been with me now for the last seven days. And when I wake up in the morning, I have a very specific routine. And that routine has been designed to help me improve productivity and manage my own focus. And recently, well, over the last course of the last seven days, my focus has been interrupted about every 10 seconds by my mom and or my dad. They are very inquisitive people. My mom is like Nancy Drew. Everything is a question. My dad is, well, I guess he's a little bit like me in that he wants to constantly be telling stories, mainly about pickleball. And I have a very specific routine. I go down into the kitchen in the morning. I'll describe it for you in just a moment. But anyways, my routine typically takes place in the kitchen and that's where Marge and Bill are. So I thought the other day, well, you know what? I'll just try to have that same routine in my bedroom. I'll just pretend that I slept in later than what I did. Oh, no, 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 that did not work. They came knocking on my door, knocking on the door. Yeah, because they need my attention. This episode, I want to talk to you about, you know, your attention. This isn't about me, but don't forget to listen on Monday because you'll, you'll hear my dad interviewing me on the podcast and I think you'll find it very entertaining. He asked me some super deep questions, like questions I, I don't think I've been asked before. That was interesting, but let's talk about you and your focus. 
I can't tell you how many times I either talk to like a good friend or maybe I'll even hear from one of you. You'll send me a message and on like Instagram or Snapchat and sometimes Facebook and just say like, how do you do it? I'm so busy morning, noon till night. And I feel like I'm not getting anything done, but I, I also don't have any more time in my day. I couldn't be more busy, but why does it feel like I'm not getting anywhere? So a couple of things I want to talk to you about. First of all is just understanding our biology and knowing what's happened to our brains and why our brains work this way. So I recently started reading, haven't finished it yet, started reading a book called Hyperfocus by Chris Bailey. Great book, great author. And he talks about a study conducted by, and I'm in my car, so I'll link to it in the show notes, but it was a study conducted by Microsoft, wherein they basically hooked up cameras that would track a person's eyes while at work and basically monitor how frequently their attention changed, like how frequently they were changing tabs on their computer, going to their phone, looking at different things, like just how often does our focus toggle back and forth between different ideas or tasks. And generally speaking, the average is about 40 seconds. How crazy is that? So now you've been listening for a few minutes now. What things have you done? What tasks have you switched in just the last few minutes? Have you started like doing your hair or maybe picking up things around the house? Have you started to daydream? Have you been thinking about it? Have you looked at other things on your phone? Like just for you right now in the last couple of minutes, how many different things have entered into your conscious mind, have grabbed your attention? So it's pretty fascinating to think about that, that it's like every 40 seconds, generally speaking, we change focus unless, unless it's something that really holds our focus. So before we talk about things that hold our focus, let's talk about things that make it more alluring to change focus, to think about something else, to do something else, right? So think about the last time you were maybe on a call. I had to do a conference call the other day, a business conference call with a consultant who's really, really long-winded. And in my opinion, it's like, get to the point. Let's just get there. Like no small talk. Let's go. Right. Like we're busy. I don't need all the backstories. And I already heard that. I want to say, I already heard this story 19 times. Do you know what I'm saying? And as soon as this person launches into those stories and the small talk and the, I'm just, it doesn't hold my attention. So I'm doodling, I'm opening up tabs on my phone, I'm opening up tabs on my laptop, I'm cleaning up, I'm not, we're on like a speakerphone, so I'm like cleaning up the kitchen, I, just like it's not holding my attention, so I'm doing other things because, well, because it falls into one of these following categories. Things that don't hold our attention tend to be things that we don't know what's in it for us, right? Like it doesn't feel like there's a value to us. It doesn't hold our attention if it's difficult, if your brain just rejects it. For example, if you are left-brained or right-brained, that plays a huge role in the things that you're interested in versus uninterested in. I love my husband so much, but when he starts talking about compound interest and investments and IRAs and Roth IRAs and annuities and all of these like financial things, 
I literally have to go into the kitchen and get toothpicks and keep my eyes open because I so desperately want to be interested. I desperately want to pay attention and I force myself, don't look at your phone, pay attention. Remember this, I tell myself over and over again, but it's difficult. It's difficult because I just don't find it that interesting for one reason or another. But other things that tend to lose our attention include things that are frustrating. Anything where it's challenging and there isn't a reward, right? So some things that are challenging, they will hold our attention because we know there's a reward regardless. Maybe it's um, like knowing we're about to figure something out or it's a reward because it's going to feel good because it's empowering. Like sometimes I will be listening to a podcast or an audio book or maybe an online course and I, I know the information's difficult for me to understand, but it really holds my attention and I'll write down notes and I'll write down words I want to look up later and I'll, you know, just create copious notes and it really holds my attention because I know it will be very rewarding once I've mastered that information. Other things that we tend to lose our focus very easily is if it's just boring. It's not interesting. It's not novel. It's not new. It's the same thing over and over again. Have you ever suggested that somebody watch a movie that you've already seen or like a Netflix series and you've already seen it? It's no longer new. It's novelty is lost. So while you may be kind of paying attention, I guarantee you are far less focused than you were the first time you watched it. So what kinds of things hold our attention? Well, it's basically the opposite of all those things. Anything where it's like, oh, we know there's a reward in it. We understand how it relates to us. It's interesting. It's fun. It's exciting. It's new. It gives us that rush of dopamine, you know, and and for each one of us, that's something different. So how do you manage your focus? Well, the first thing I have to tell you is that none of us can stay focused on one thing naturally for hours and hours. So it's recognizing like, okay, this is how my brain works. I call it for me the power hour. So I know that there's an hour of my day every day, at least an hour, but I say I give myself at least an hour where I schedule the thing that's most difficult for me to get done, but I know I have to do it. And I also know it's going to be difficult for me to focus. I schedule that task and I usually only pick like one or two of these things to be done during that hour. So today what I did was reviewed emails that have been written by my team, right? So a lot of times what my team will do is they will write the outline of an email, like, okay, we need to talk about this, 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 and this. And that helps me to stay like, okay, yeah, that's right. After we, I'm going to remind people what we talked about in the podcast and, and writing emails for me, is kind of boring. I would rather just talk to you. So I have to really stay focused on that. So I will schedule that during that period of time for me during the day, which tends to be around changes often, but midday, it's like midday for me. It's not first thing in the morning. It is not at night. It is kind of midday. So it can happen anywhere between for me, like I'd say noon and three. That's about it. So between noon and three is when I'm going to schedule anything where I have to be really focused, but I'll try to schedule my tasks with buffers in between. So remember that you are a human being and there are a bajillion more distractions than existed when 
our ancestors roamed the earth. So you have to take those things into consideration. Here's how I manage my focus, especially because, as you know, I have attention deficit disorder. I have inattentive attention deficit disorder. There's seven different types of attention deficit. If you want to learn more about those, go to amonclinics.com and look up the different types of attention deficit. Your type of attention deficit can really only be diagnosed not by asking you questions, but by having your brain scanned. So any doctor who says, oh, no, you've got attention deficit disorder, they're guessing. They're not looking at the organ. Unless they're looking at the organ, they're guessing. So be very, very careful if a doctor is prescribing medications for your particular type of ADD, because there are a lot of different types of ADD, which you will experience heightened um, anxiety, depression, manic thoughts, OCD-like tendencies, constant worry, because a lot of doctors will just go, oh, this person has ADD, let's put them on Ritalin or... Adderall, and there's a bunch of other ones. They'll just prescribe medication because this person has ADD, not realizing the type of ADD that they have, they're making it worse. So if you have ADD, it is even more difficult to manage your focus because I know that about myself and I wasn't diagnosed until I was like 45 years old. I have developed a lot of coping techniques. So I do want you to know you can manage this and be incredibly successful with your ADD. I see it as a blessing, but I did have to learn how to manage it. So here's what I do. You ready? Number one, eliminate as many possible distractions as possible. That means I put my phone on airplane mode. Typically, that means if I have to do something like write emails, I put my phone in the other room and then I just open up one tab and one tab only on my desktop and I close all notifications. I disable them. I put them on do not disturb and I put my head down and I work and I focus just on that. I make sure that there's no music, no sound, no nothing because all of those things could create distractions for me. I also have a room that I like to go in where I'm not seeing other people and like literally because of my ADD, if I see someone walking by, that's a distraction for me. I'm like, hey, let me tell you a story, right? If there's anything going on, it distracts me. So I eliminate all of that and I work in a very specific way that allows me to focus. And my staff does this too. They each have their own way of getting very focused and we honor and respect that. Like they'll put on headphones and go to a quiet area or ask to work from home if it's a day where they've got to really focus on writing and can't have the distractions. And I just really honor that because you get better work from people when they can manage their own focus in the way that's best for them. While other people, in order to be creative, they need other people around. They need light. They need music. They need stimulation. Just tap into what it is that allows you to best focus and then honor that. The next thing I do is I pad my time so that there's always a break in between big chunks, right? So like, let's say writing emails today, I gave myself an hour and a half to do that. And then I know personally, in order to get focused again, I need a break and something that's playful. So then I'll do something funny on Instagram or I'll go for a walk or I will play loud music in my house and I will schedule that. I schedule these buffers so that I can do that. And for me personally, I really need that to recharge and get recreative and refocused. You have a finite amount of mental capacity, energy really, 
to fuel that process. Like every thought that you make, everything you think about takes energy from your brain. Energy is like calories. So eventually, if you just keep going, 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 you never give it a chance to recharge. You're trying to pull focus from a tank that's empty. It's on empty. Things that recharge your focus and refuel your brain are things that are restorative, things that are meditative. Here's another thing that allows you to do that is just daydreaming, right? And I think some people have a difficult time daydreaming. So let me share with you some suggestions. And it was really cool reading a notation about this inside of Chris's book. He talks about, I think he calls them repetitive, habitual, simple acts, motions, right? So an example of that might be where you're cleaning your kitchen. So your hands, you're busy, but yet it's allowing you to think. It's allowing you to process. It's allowing you to daydream, to think about things. Now, in order for that to be really effective, that means you can't have the TV on. That means you can't have people in the room asking you questions. You really have to give yourself permission to just like do something that's physical and repetitive and think. Now, I also find it really important to have a notepad. So I I have notepads in every single room. I try to carry my Smart Life push journal around with me everywhere because then I know like where these brilliant ideas are written down and on what day they happened and, and what triggered it. So I always have my push journal nearby. But some things that I do that fall into that category, and it was so refreshing to read that from Chris because sometimes I can feel... I can get in my own head and go, am I wasting time right now? But it's not wasting time because that's what I do best. I create. And if you're a creative person, you have to know that that's something you have to allow that to happen. You can't force that. You've got to create the right environment for it. So here's some things that I do, and I hope this helps, that are simple, repetitive, mindless acts that allow my brain to go there. One of those things for me is organizing. So I can stand in my closet and move shirts around. It's like, okay, this is a dark blue and that's a teal blue and that's a baby blue. So let me reorganize these by color scheme from dark to light. And that's like kind of, I can just do that. And at the same time, I'm thinking through, okay, what is it I want to talk about in the podcast? What's the next thing that I want to create for people? Or how will I have this difficult conversation with this person? Or what is it I want for my life? Who is it I want to help? Like I have really deep thoughts when I allow myself to be doing something kind of mindless. And I think one of the reasons why we need to do that, and it's important to do that, is because we are addicted to stimulation. I don't know that I would say I'm great at just sitting down and doing nothing but thinking. Now I do it often, but I always have a pen and a piece of paper in my hand. I'm not great at just sitting and meditating. I do it on and off. It's irregular. I wish I was better at it, but I'm really good at allowing myself to daydream but using a pen and a piece of paper. So consider trying that. Another time that I do this is when I am putting on my makeup in the morning and everyone always jokes about that. I like to put my makeup on in the kitchen and it's not so much about painting my face or or makeup really. I realized after reading this segment in Chris's book that it's a mindless, simple, repetitive, habitual activity 
that keeps my hands busy so I can't be distracted. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not scrolling through tabs on my computer. I am thinking. And this is when I set my intention for the day. It's when I consider what it is I want to do and how I want to do it and who I'm going to help. And it's such a great way for me to start my day. And of course, I always have my push journal right next to me. So that's where I tend to block out my day. I write down what things I want to do that move me closer to my push goal. I do three things every single day that move me closer to my push goal. And I will think on them. I'll meditate on them, if you will. Like make up meditation. That's what we're going to call it, y'all. And that is so important. And I have interviewed, you've probably heard them on the show, countless very successful people. And one thing that they all do is they fiercely protect that part of their day. It has to happen at some point every single day where they are alone doing something that's mindless and simple and habitual that allows them to process, to think, to be creative, to make sense of things, to develop a plan, to really tap into that part of our brains that we often don't have the space to go there because we're allowing all of these distractions. You know, you've got your Slack notifications and your Instagram notifications and text messages and phone calls, emails, checking your social media, your kids, your family, the questions from your parents who are staying with you, all of these things, the TV, the radio, the dogs barking, the baby crying, the doorbell ringing, like all these things are distractions, distractions, distractions. And when you're distracted, you can't daydream. You can't focus in that way. So my suggestion to you, if you want to be more productive, block out your time. Use a daily planner. You have to do that. If you want to stop feeling like, gosh, I've been busy all freaking day and I have no idea what I've done or I didn't feel like I got anything done. Like I know what I did, but I also don't feel like I've gotten anywhere. You've got to start using a daily planner. You have to. It is freaking game changing. You know, just got this really cool message from a chiropractor. Shout out to Rob. And he was just like, do you realize that, and this isn't a plug for the Smart Life Push Journal, but it also is. Like, I don't care. I've said this a million times and I'll say it again. I don't care if you use my journal or your own, but you need to use a system that is simple and three steps gets it done. So he used the Smart Life Push Journal to quit his chiropractic business and to start traveling the world with his wife. He started a mastermind with like really cool people who are starting their own businesses and he does these like super cool masterminds where he brings together people who are six and seven figure earners building their business and they do these like amazing trips together and it was so rewarding to hear from him that just using that system using the push goal system like where you just do three things every single day and that's just what he did until he was able to quit his business as a chiropractor and live this dream life and they're like touring all over Europe. But here's the coolest thing. And this is how God works. So, you know, Brett and I took this amazing trip this summer to France. It was outstanding. And we were supposed to go to Paris, but Paris was having a major, major heat wave. So instead, last minute, we called or texted my friend, Captain Sandy from Below Deck. And we're like, hey, Paris is on fire with heat right now. Should we go to the south of France? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes, go to Nice. So we went to Nice and then she said, go to Cannes. So we were 
taking a helicopter. I know that sounds very bougie, but it's like what everybody does down there. And it's actually pretty inexpensive. But so we were taking a, a bougie helicopter from Nice to Cannes. And we're in this, you know, little tiny teeny helicopter, whatever you call it, like office building before we go outside on the tarmac. And there's just one other couple and we're getting ready to fly over to Cannes. And again, we weren't supposed to be here. Right. And all of a sudden this guy's like, Shalene. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh. And it was this guy, Rob, and he was telling me his super cool story. I'm like, that is God. That is such a freaking cool thing. And so, fellas, because of Rob's insistence, we're producing a lot more gender-neutral colors. I used to produce a lot of, like, girlified colors or just black. Now we're going to do a whole bunch of gender-neutral colors. Ladies, you've got new ones coming out, too. But again, and I mean this when I say this, I don't care if you use the Smart Life Push Journal. You can use a piece of paper. But you got to create every day in the same place that you're not going to lose it. You've got to create your schedule. You've got to block it out. You've got to create chunks of time and schedule your focus and schedule time where you're doing something monotonous and all other distractions are removed so that you have the ability to daydream. If you want to be the most productive person, stop trying to do a million things, figure out the few things that you need to do that move you forward and outsource all that other stuff. Give that to somebody else or learn to say no, y'all. Learn to say, oh, thank you so much. I wish I could. Unfortunately, I can't. And you don't even have to tell people why. Hey, are you able to help us move this weekend? Oh, I wish we could. Unfortunately, we can't. They don't need to know why you can't. They don't need to know why you can't be team mom. Nobody needs an explanation on why you can't fill in the blank. Because the fact of the matter is you need to do what moves your life closer to your dream life. You know, I mean, let's put you number one for a little while. Let's do that. I believe in you. I need you to believe in you. All right, that's it for this edition of Car Smart Friday. I'll put links to everything I talked about in the show. And let's see, what else do I need to tell you? I think that was it. Yeah, don't forget to tune in on Monday. I think you'll find that quite entertaining with my father. I love you. I hope this is helpful to you. If you don't mind, write me a review on iTunes. That would be so dope. I don't know if you've picked up on the fact that my team freaking loves reading these. And we share kind of a rotation where we pick out our favorite reviews. You don't even have to do it on iTunes. Whatever app you're listening to this on, just write a review for the show. We're reading them every single week, and every week we pick a new person and we give them two free tickets to my next live event. And I'd love for that to be you. So do me a favor, do yourself a favor. I'd love to meet you in person. Write us a review for the show. It means a lot to me. I love you, I mean it, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey there, I'm Miller DeRay with Team Johnson. I wanted to share with you 11 ways to grow beyond 10,000 Instagram followers and monetize your page. Just go to shalenejohnson.com forward slash IG hacks or by clicking the link below this episode. Shalene is going to share with you tested and proven tips you can start using today to monetize your account and grow your business with Instagram. If you find these tips helpful, then you definitely want to become a member of the Marketing Impact Academy. Not only will you learn cutting edge, up to date social media growth tactics for Instagram and other social media platforms, but you'll also get the exact steps you need to take to build your brand and a solid business foundation 
solution to create multiple streams of passive income and grow your business faster than you ever thought possible with, by the way, Lifetime Access, the only business growth and marketing course you'll ever need. Stop hustling on social media, okay? And get serious about your business growth. And now I'm excited for you to hear what just some of our students have to say about Marketing Impact Academy. I'm a student of Shalene. She taught me how to make millions of dollars. I am being paid six figures a year. I went from about $50,000 a year to over $200,000. What Marketing Impact Academy has done for me, and that was to manage my time and to streamline my business. It's a step-by-step process, and if you follow the steps, you get a return on your investment. That is my absolute favorite part about the Marketing Impact Academy. But also, I've applied her principles in marketing to other industries, including venture capital, products, all kinds of bizarre products. Just in the last few weeks, we closed up a Kickstarter using her principles and we raised over $400,000. Whether you're a busy mom or just a busy person trying to juggle life and your business, I highly recommend trying Marketing Impact Academy. You've gotta learn how to market your business and you've gotta learn how to market your business the way that we are today. I really wanna recommend Marketing Impact Academy because it completely changed my life. 